Welcome back to the My Everyday Chaos podcast, a podcast for women looking for God's voice and biblical focus in the face of daily distraction. I'm your host, Alexandra Goman, and welcome back. We are diving back into our study of women of the Bible. Last week, we read about Hannah, and we talked about her incredible prayer to God. I hope that you've been able to write down some special prayers with God and learn about the power of surrender. This week, we're going to be studying out Mary, Mother of Jesus, and I'm so excited to be in the New Testament and to be looking at this incredible woman because she's amazing, and also, she's a teenager, which I just think is incredible to imagine this 14, maybe 16-year-old woman and the incredible example that she is to us today of faith, of trust, and of so much more. So let's dive in, open up your Bibles, or listen close. We're going to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. The Bible says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end." How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Okay, let's imagine this scene for a second. Here's Mary, 14, maybe 15, maybe 16 years old, and bam, She's about to get married, and in walks an angel. Maybe he flew. I don't really know how angels appear, but bam, an angel appears to her, and it says she was greatly troubled at his words. I don't know how she didn't just, like, pass out flat and, you know, on the spot. But instead, she listens, and she ends up having this incredible reaction to an angel completely turning her world upside down. I mean, I cannot even imagine this happening. And Mary's response kind of blows me away. She's like, okay, yeah, like, ask some questions, definitely curious, but ultimately totally trusting, totally faithful, totally surrendered. Like, no wonder God chose this young woman. She is amazing. Her reaction is incredible to God, to God appearing to her. 
there's so much that we can learn about Mary here. I love how Mary's story comes right after Zechariah also having an angel appear to him. You know, Zechariah, very different situation than Mary. Zechariah was an older man. His wife, Elizabeth, they had been trying to conceive for years. Everyone thought that Elizabeth was barren. And the angel appears to Zechariah and is like, hey, you, your wife's going to have a baby. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he asks a question too. And I love how both Mary and Zechariah ask questions. Yet, God feels very differently about their two questions. Mary asks, how will this be since I am a virgin? Zechariah, on the other hand, says, how can I be sure of this? Did you catch that? skepticism, fear. (laughs) There's a very different way that these two people asked questions. I think that we can learn a lot from Mary's youthfulness here. You know, so many times our generation, our generation, youthful generations, I would not consider myself a youth anymore quite the same way I used to be. But youthful generations can be looked down on, right? As being naive, as being risky, as being, you know, kind of just critical of the older generation. And yet here we see God really pointing to this young woman as a beacon of trust and of faith. Her youthfulness actually, I think, helped her to be faithful in this scenario. She had yet to experience some of the disappointments that Zechariah and Elizabeth had likely experienced. Sometimes I think the older that we get, the more wise that we can get, almost in a negative way. Sometimes we can even get too spiritual in the sense that we can get more suspicious, we can get scared, we, we start to know better because we've seen disappointment, we've seen hurt, we've seen things not go the way that we wanted them to go spiritually or in our own lives. Sometimes age can make us stop dreaming, can make us stop trusting and stop being as faithful as we used to be. But instead, we see here that Mary dared to trust God. She dared to believe that if God was calling her to something, that he would see her through it. I love looking at my two daughters, Georgia and Rosie. Rosie is older than Georgia by about two years. And Rosie loves to be a big sister. She loves to tell Georgia what to do. She loves to teach Georgia things. Now, sadly, uh, Georgia's not really having it all the time. Poor Rosie. You know, Georgia, she kind of wants to, she wants to run on her own. She wants to do her own thing. And Rosie's constantly trying to keep Georgia out of trouble. She's telling her, Georgia, don't do that. Don't stand up there. Don't jump off that. Don't do that. And yet Georgia, you know, she doesn't really know enough to recognize that there is danger involved in her little teeny life. Rosie, on the other hand, she's taken some tumbles. She's experienced the pain of jumping off of things that were too high or falling down or just taking more risks. Rosie has experienced that sometimes taking risks 
it leads to to hurts it leads to hard things georgia on the other hand she hasn't and so she's fearless in many ways she's brave she's willing to put herself out there and there's a side of that that i think that we have to make sure as christians that we reclaim that we take on the fearlessness that comes with faith and total trust in god And I know that that is so hard when we've experienced hard things, when we've experienced disappointment. And yet, as we look at different areas of our lives, I want us to ask ourselves, if we're facing hard things, do we think that God will see us through them? If we're facing not maybe hard things, but new things, do we think that God will see us through those? I think about my own life and some of the callings that I feel like God has put in front of me. You know, I think about moving across the East Coast, up the East Coast rather. You know, I remember moving from a teeny tiny town in Georgia to New York City and I was doing it because I wanted to go in the ministry. That was a risky move. But I had to believe that if God was calling me to something, he would equip me for that task. I think about being called to be a wife or a mom, and I know that is an area of my life I can feel so inadequate, that I can feel so inept at. And yet, I have to believe if God is calling me to be a wife and a mom to these two little girls, that he will equip me. He will qualify me for the task. I think about roles that we're called to in the church. Maybe it's leading a small group or reaching out to a friend at work or sharing our faith with our neighbor. Again, when God calls us to deeper levels of discipleship, we have to trust that he will equip us to the task. I think about facing uncertainty upheaval, transition, and moves, man, if God is putting you at a crossroads, you've got to believe that he will help you through the crossroads. That has been something I have absolutely been struggling with these last few weeks. I have been fighting to have the reaction that we see Mary have here. I literally have been repeating and reciting to myself what she says to Gabriel in verse 38. In the old NIV, it says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And I have been saying that over and over again in my prayer times. I've been repeating that when I feel my worries and my anxieties start to hit. Like, oh no, I don't think, I think God is picking the wrong person. I think God is asking too much of me or more than I can bear. I keep reciting to myself, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Because if God's going to call me to something, I have to believe that he will see me through. As you think about your life, I want you to ask yourself, in the past, what has God called you to? And how have you seen him in the past see you through things? How has he been there with you? Maybe he hasn't taken challenges away But maybe he has been present with you, refining you and shaping you and always there with you. 
Maybe the unexpected twists and turns that your life has had has actually led to blessings that you couldn't have previously imagined. I want you to ask yourself, in the past, what has God called you to and how has he seen you through those things? And then as you look at the new challenges that you're in right now, or the new roles that you're being called to to live in, okay, God, if you're calling me to it, you're going to see me through it. I love in Isaiah chapter 41, there's a scripture where God calls himself our helper. In Isaiah 41 verse 13, the Bible says, I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Don't fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, you worm Jacob. Little Israel, do not fear, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. God wants to help us. He's not putting us in situations to torture us. He's not, he didn't put Mary in a situation to freak her out and to, to break her down. He did it because he had a plan that was so much bigger than Mary. That was so much bigger than her 14-year-old mind could have even conceived. It was eternal. It was amazing. And prayerfully, God is doing the same thing with you and I even now. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of My Everyday Chaos. We'll be back next week diving into Ruth and studying out her in our final Women of the Bible episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast, share the episode, maybe even leave a review. Every bit helps, but so thankful that we had this time together and look forward to to catching up with you next week. Have a great week, everyone.